fuck's happening? Oh, oh shit, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I seen some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this is this, this. Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and today's episode is going to be colored by the soundtrack of Baby Driver, chosen by our guest. Here we're going to get to that later in a second. First, I'm going to leave you to the sexiest voice on the planet. He is the amazing Barry White. Barry, show us how it's done. I 
For someone just like you Make me feel the way you do I'm never, never gonna give you up I'm never, ever gonna stop Stop the way I feel about you Girl, I just can't live without you I'm never, ever gonna quit Cause quitting just ain't my stick Gonna stay right here with you All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and it's time to introduce our guest here today with the sexiest shoulders around here from Vancouver, BC. He is from the sparkling Philippines, Kent Don Guinness. How are you doing, Kent? Pretty good, Ruggiero. How are you? I'm feeling so good with the sun shining over here. We're at UBC broadcasting from unceded masculine land. It's time to jump right <laughs> into your mind, Kent. So, mm-hmm. who are you, first of all? Well, I'm Kent Donguinez. A lot of people call me just Kent. And apparently, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I'm a producer. I've done a lot of independent short films in Vancouver. And a recent graduate of Vancouver Film School. And also a graduate of the University of of the Philippines, in the Philippines, of course. Nice, man. Sounds like a really, really busy man. <laughs> he is indeed Kent, Kent, Kent. But one thing is for sure, he can make it happen for you and he will make it, make it happen oh, for I you. I will make it happen. Amazing <laughs> independent producer right here for you. So let's write, dive right in. So your past work, man, you're mm. an extremely busy person. You've been producing <laughs> a lot. I'm curious, just let it all out, man. Yeah, well, first of all, I was very much exposed to the film industry when I started doing this feature documentary about uh, poverty in the Philippines. It was just a random collection of shots in the Philippines, especially in the um, poverty-stricken areas in the city, the metro itself. And it just gave me a spark and that you can actually tell a story using images, moving images to be specific. But there's a lot of there's a lot of things in my background that has been all over specific fields. Like I've been doing photography, I've been doing journalism and a TV network, and yeah, I finally found my fa- my my passion. Yeah, my passion, which the, is filmmaking. Probably the passion found you. So oh, <laughs> you're a very very rounded person, very creative mind yeah. over here. Now, is that how you got into filmmaking in the first place? Uh, actually, no. I started as a producer of music festivals back in the Philippines when I was 17. So basically, the idea of being a producer has been in me when I was still young. But it was still in a different area of the entertainment industry. But, you know, the same principle is applied as a producer. On the other hand, and on the other side of the story, I came from a family with a business background. So marketing and advertising is the thing in the family. <laughs> and it has always been the game. Nice. That, that, that sounds pretty exciting, man, because even the way you communicate, you make it, you, you really sound like some sparkling water right here, pure, ready to go to make something, so many things happen. Here in Vancouver, you're very active. Mm-hmm. What's your, your most recent project that has been happening here? Well, I just finished, I actually just finished... Uh, film shoot this uh, weekend it's by, directed by Diego Lozano and it's technically the original s- title of the film is in Danish so I wouldn't <laughs> tell you the title but in English it means manufactured beauty wow yeah and then on the other side I've done story hive music videos which was an amazing experience shout out to some TELUS people there uh, especially to Aaron our project manager and then I did, um, I'm actually currently in development in a couple of projects that's coming up. 
Oh, nice. We'll keep that to, to a little bit later in the episode. But um, in case you're wondering, people out there, this is Room Tone. So basically, we, we invite guests from the filmmaking industry mm-hmm. here to chat uh, live with us. You spread some energy through these microphones. And today we have Kent, <laughs> uh, amazing independent producer, especially uh, specialized into uh, experimental projects. And yeah. there is actually one project I'd really like to talk about specifically mm-hmm. because it's doing so well in festivals out there. <laughs> and it's Iridescence. 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 Thank you for it's, that. All right. It's called Iridescence. It's directed and written by my lovely friend, Max Beauchamp. If he's listening, say hi to him. Shout out to Max. Uh, yeah. So basically, Iridescence is about this, this child who has been oppressed and has been suffering from his abusive father who tattoos words on his body of what he mustn't be as a heterosexual man. The first time I got into the idea, I thought it was just... An idea that comes up somewhere, but it's actually a personal experience, a more exaggerated personal experience of my director, which was very touching to me because he actually opened up and showed the true side of the story, which really makes sense. And as what you've said, it's been doing great in the film festival circuit lately, and we're hoping for more laurels since our poster is getting full. The poster is definitely getting full. Yeah, you, you should check it out. Can they check it out on Facebook? How can they reach that project? Well, by far, we're in the film festival circuit. I I can tell you that we're about to premiere in Canada and BC. Mm. So there's a Canada-BC premiere in terms of premiere status. So it's upcoming, but I can't give you the dates yet because, of course, the event needs to announce it first before us. But it's pretty much something that you need to look look after or look forward to because if you want to check it online you can always check the trailer we did a lot of promos the behind the scenes the making of it is just in youtube put iridescence phase one behind the scenes two and three and you'll get snippets and interviews of my key creatives in it sounds pretty tasty right there okay so i want to ask you something because you chose a very an amazing soundtrack for today he chose the soundtrack of baby driver and we're going to be oh, yes. colored by different tints here and there a uh, nice rounded color wheel why did you choose that specific soundtrack well number one i've the first time I saw Baby Driver, it was very captivating. I really like Edgar Wright's work, especially Shaun of the Dead right there. But what really struck me with Baby Driver was the soundtrack itself. It's You can see the partnership and the, com- the compliment that's happening between music and film. Music took part in terms of the flow of the story and being the major element of it was a very good twist in the whole movie. Like I really like that there. And all these, all these songs in the soundtrack, they'll come from past. It's basically coming yes. from the past. Yeah, it's all, it's all old music. Some of it are rock music. As what you've said earlier, Barry White is going to oh, yeah. rock it, mm-hmm. and he did. And yeah, so like if you turn back into time, you can tell that these uh, music in the past can actually make a difference in the present. Can yeah. what's the past to you? The past to me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a deep question. Oh, yeah, why not? Definitely a deep question. Um, the past to me has been a rough ride. It's a roller coaster of amazing experiences, traveling from one place to another, from country to country, to field of industry entertainment, or entertainment industry, rather, from TV networks, to being a radio DJ, to being a model, photographer. It's been a topsy-turvy experience for me. And I think it really helped me a lot in terms of development of my character and my well-being right now because, you know, sometimes you learn from the past and you be the best in the present. 
Wow, how tasty was that? <laughs> All right, we're going to jump right back to Kent after another song from Baby Driver. This is Handsome Boy Modeling School, Holy Calamity. Holy Calamity, scream insanity. Oh, you ever going to be another great fan of me? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and we're here with the amazing company of Kent Donguines, independent hey. producer here in Vancouver, BC, coming from the Philippines. We are just talking about the past earlier. If you have a second, just, just stand by and think about it for a second. I mean, the past. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're talking about the past. That's what shaped you, you know, and the past. Actually, we don't have a, a moment to think about it, but we can talk about it. That's for sure. I can tell you, you know, uh, the past constantly devouring over the future. That's what makes the present. Uh, you coming from a very, very colored past, Kent. Very. If there was yeah. a color to summarize all of that, which one would it be? Hmm. That's actually a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> terms, like, if it's going to be a color... I think it's going to be because uh, there's transition from darkness to, you know, to brightness. I would say a very not dark, but like from bronze to bright yellow, you know. Wow, that's sometimes, a very interesting sometimes, combination. Yeah, sometimes people see bronze as brown. Sometimes people see it a little bit in the orange family. But I think if yellow is dark, it's bronze. That's how I see it. Okay, <laughs> I'll keep an eye on that yeah. for sure. And, you know, uh, you told me a story before we begin with all of this mm -hmm. that makes me think back about all of this, you know, the idea of light. You know, you always got to try and, and look for light all over you go. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to just stuck down in the darkness. And there is something that, that this action really defines your personality mm -hmm. so well. 
there, this this thing happened. Basically, um, he can't submit a documentary to a film festival, and then uh, some. And then you know, I would rather leave you to tell the story. Sounds uh -huh. very interesting from your point of view, and uh, but it's always about shining light over what you do, or looking mm -hmm. for light and putting the dish right under the light for people to mm -hmm. see it. Well, sometimes you just got to take your chances. If you do a film festival run, right? You don't know if people are going to see it. You don't know if people are actually going to finish watching it. And you don't know if how, how much time and effort that you've spent just for you to be recognized. And going back to the past, submitting to a film festival has always been a struggle it's also an excitement and it does also it's also been the influence of creating someone's future you know it influences your your path and your career correct so as like having this experience was a little bit striking to me because i submitted to a festival just to realize that out of the two hour movie that i created They've only watched not even a quarter. Of and it. how did you do that? How did you do that? Well, basically, it's with the help of Vimeo Analytics. <laughs> 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 so you know, you submit, you submit to a specific festival, and then you'll see if we, which region this film has been watched, and you'll see like the average time that the film was actually watched. And very surprising. And it was, yeah, it was a very surprising event to me that I was like, out of the two hours, you only watch, what, 15 minutes of my film? That's absurd. <laughs> you know, Don't get can't pissed off, eh? All right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, because it's not just about, it's not just about the film itself. It's also about the story and the message that you want to say. You can never get the right message that you uh, that the filmmakers would actually make, and you are not aware how hard the filmmakers work behind the scenes. And I paid to submit to your festival. <laughs> That's number one. I just wasted fifty bucks. It's about respect, of yeah. course. Yeah, and it's ridiculous how it turned out. And basically, you can't you can't get anything out of it now. The next thing you know, since you know that your film has been watched for less than an hour less than half an hour yeah you'll expect a non-selection mm -hmm. where do you see film festivals going from now on no but from now on like i'm actually like as what you've said earlier and we talked about it about this experimental film that we've created um film festivals always build your reputation as a filmmaker not just as a filmmaker but also the reputation of your film and this is how people get intrigued of the skills that you can make one time i submitted into this festival and knowing zero chances from it i got selected as one of the filmmakers who has to join them in italy actually oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's a that's a really good story right there <laughs> yeah really good story like 300 applicants 10 lucky filmmakers to direct and make their own short film out of the blue got a selection email and all I needed to say was yes. How tasty is that? Yeah, mm. it was very tasty. <laughs> wow. So, so uh, I believe you're optimistic uh, for when it comes to film festivals in mm -hmm. the future. And how do you believe, you know, these present time in filmmaking, in the filmmaking here, environment here in Vancouver, mm -hmm. what can we learn from now that we can apply for a better future mm -hmm. as artists? Well, it's always been perseverance. You all need patience. 
And you just need to be eager enough. You need to be hungry to get the goal. And what's your goal? To get into a festival, right? And knowing that Vancouver is actually a filmmaking hub, that even makes the the ride even more crazy. Because not only you're competing with your friends who are filmmakers, but you're also competing with industry more experienced filmmakers you know they've been doing big shows and you're here doing short films but all you have to do is to move forward and fight you know fight for it yeah fight for it how far do you believe it's actually a competition well competition is everywhere wherever you go there's always competition it's a matter of prey predator relationship but you always have to be the predator you just need to be you know not aggressive i'm not saying that you have to be aggressive but you need to have the passion and the drive to finish everything in life that's why life itself is a competition it's a matter of survival and where do you believe competition and collaboration come together because it sounds like it can give mm-hmm. you a lot of fuel to make it happen true you've experienced it with me <laughs> when we were still in school but you know sometimes competition rises between great minds But if you believe that you're smart enough and you don't win the competition, you you need to have that willingness to collaborate because that's what makes you as a great filmmaker. You should know how to put yourself and adjust to whatever the environment is telling you. If it's not your time to create your film, step down and work with whoever's leading you because eventually this person or these people around you are the ones who's going to discover your talents and your skills and the act of, of collaboration i mean to me that seems to be the core essence of filmmaking you yeah, know it can make a movie on it its is. own you know yeah. like where do you believe because you know it's it's it sounds so interesting to me to mm-hmm. to feel this passion and this sort of beautiful balance between the energy that comes from competition mm-hmm. and channeling all of that through collaboration mm-hmm. what is what is you believe the right balance between a team and and you know an actual community the right way to make a movie and approach it what's the right balance of the for the team i think what creates the balance is actually just respect Respect is such a small world, uh, such a small word for other people, but it's actually the main factor that you need to have in a team. Like given for me, especially if I do my projects, it has to be, you know, the crew has to be internationally diverse. It's not just about marketing strategy, but that's how you see your team. You're inter- you're internationally diverse. They have various skills in the different fields. And that's what makes a good film because you respect their race. That's number one. You respect them as a person. You believe in their skills, and they let like you'll see the magic happen. This is gold for you from Kendon Guinness, guys. This is gold right here. I got a really good feeling about you, Ken. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen in the future. Talking about good feelings. This is James Brown. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got the feeling Baby, baby, I got the feeling You don't know What to do to me Leave my heart heavy Down in misery Feeling Burn 
seem to be fly. I just don't want you to say bye bye. Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host. We have Kent Donguinis, independent film producer here in Vancouver, BC, coming from the Philippines. Oh, yeah. We've been going from the past to the feelings to any sorts of thematic connected to movies. This is what we talk about here. We talk about movies, hearts that are seated around cameras around here. So... Talking about the feeling, actually, mm-hmm. what's your balance between rational thoughts and feelings when it comes to filmmaking? That's a very interesting take because as a producer, you have to make the right decisions. You have to be, number one, you have to be rational. Like you have to decide whether this decision that you're about to make will make a good impact, a bad effect to your team, or it will influence other people around you. But sometimes there's just the gut feelings on the other side. Sometimes it's like you don't need to think anymore because you feel that this is the right thing to do. You know? So in order for you like in order for you to su- to be successful, I think one of the things that I have in mind is to have both. Because they're like one both of them coexist each other. That's number 1. And you just need to trust yourself. If you're smart enough and if you think you're good enough, each decision that you make, not only in the film industry, but you're in life, it's going to make an impact. If it if your decision is wrong and it makes a bad effect, then learn from it. That's how we grow as people. That's how we grow as human beings and as filmmakers. There is a saying, if, if you're not making mistakes, then what the hell are you doing, right? Yes, exactly. Is there a, a specific moment in your life that relates to this quote? Yeah, actually, um, when I was a kid, I was always told not to talk to strangers, right? It's, I think it's very common to everyone not to talk to strangers. But now, look at me. I'm a filmmaker in Vancouver, and it's a survival of the fittest. <laughs> and in order for you to survive this, this industry, you have to talk to strangers. You have to network. You have to sell yourself. But where where is it coming from? It's from your feeling. It's not just about your rational thinking, but it's more on your willingness to communicate, network, and get discovered out there. Because sometimes it's difficult. You can't be known by just staying in the inside of your course, room. Of course, you you were. It's very interesting because there is a book by James Hillman mm-hmm. called The Soul's Code that actually says that a very strong layer or or impact something that impacted us when we were children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would actually flip and manifest itself on the other extreme yeah. as we're growing, and that seems to me what's happening to you right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's and it's not very. Um, how would I say this? Um, it's not very obvious like it came to you naturally because you always have that mindset oh i should i shouldn't trust strangers but now you just you just need to risk and put your trust to a stranger the importance of the risk hey yeah such a dynamic environment i mean it becomes an an independent uh, flowing substance of its own going out Mm -hmm. there what was your challenge when you first stepped and came here to vancouver well 
I'm from the Philippines and I moved to Ottawa. That was a great um, impact to me. I was like, oh no, zero friends, zero, you know, zero connections, zero network. And that's not who I am. Now I have to find myself. But while finding myself, I have to create network. So that's when I moved to Vancouver. One time I was just in my building in a random day and everything just felt so empty. Like, why am I alone? What am I doing? Until I stepped into this red and white hub somewhere in Vancouver and I started meeting strangers and started you just came to realize that all these people that you just met are actually the friends that you will be with and eventually a family that you're going to be treating while you're in the city. So what defines a friend to you? Well, a friend is someone that you can count on. It's not it's not a thing where you go to them and just tell them, "Hey, I need this." You don't go to them if you need something. You go to them because, hey, I want to actually spend time with you. Let's catch up. And those were the people, the right people I met in Vancouver that made me realize, oh, this is actually a good city to stay. What differentiates Vancouver? Because, I mean, there are so many places for filmmakers to go. There is Los Angeles, there is London, there is New York, mm -hmm. and then there is Vancouver here having its own world. Did you notice anything specifically different? I know you've been to LA mm -hmm. uh, recently. Yeah. I think what's really different with Vancouver is that everyone are just, like, all of the people in Vancouver are just very lovely. Like, it may sound funny or cliche, <laughs> but because they're Canadians, come on. We're so <laughs> done over, like, we're so over that. It's more of the people and the relationships that I already created, you know? Like, you can't lose these network. If you're in the film industry, in order for you to survive, you keep the relationship and the network that you already have and making it big. You can't just go back to zero and be like, okay, it's time to find myself again. It's time for me to find a another set of people. That's not how it works. You develop and improve your relationships with these people. You network outside and introduce those first set of people to others because you create your own network and you create your own name and in order for you to be known and to be successful you have to work hard and let them see it and what's your piece of advice for the filmmakers out there when it comes to showcasing the work because mm -hmm. that seems to be the most crucial and yet the hardest thing to do when it comes to movies and stories and yeah. on them themselves what's your piece of advice i think number one for me like in a more producer perspective if you want to sell a film or if you want to sell a project that you've made it has to say something every project that you're making is it's not enough to just be visually entertaining you have to create a statement. You have to make sure that you're touching like social issues. If not social issues, it should be socially relevant. People should learn from it or you should make the people realize the mistakes that they've done in their lives while watching a movie. So what's the purpose of a movie to you? A purpose of a movie to me is to teach your audience the right lesson at the right time. Because people change, and change is constant, right? And 
in order for you to touch or encourage people to watch your film, you have to make something that is timely and relevant. That's that's like one of the things that I have in mind about movies. Because if they if you hit them at the right time and you touch their hearts at the very right moment, that's when you can tell that your movie was a magic. And I believe you just unsolved one of the biggest uh problems happening right now in the filmmaking industry because there are so many wonderful movies coming mm -hmm. out out there and you know even indie producers filmmakers directors anybody who has a story and and the way it's the story is told is even correct and it works mm -hmm. it's just the timing that is off yeah and it really goes down to sitting down with your chess table and making the right moves yeah. to get there at the right time yeah. yeah you always have to think about that because every step that you take you have to plan it you have to figure out if I'm stepping someone or if I'm gonna hurt someone. You know, you just have to think ahead and see what's actually the effect of the film that I'm making. How amazing is that? That sounds so tasty to me. Eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers, people. This is Kendon Guinness. We're gonna be right back after the break. Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone. I'm Ruggiero, your host. We have Kent Donguinis here with us in the studio UBC. This is the soundtrack of Baby Driver right here in the background. This is Isaac Hayes, Hung Up on My Baby. Mm, you don't really want to hang up on your baby, that's for sure. Now, eyes on the prize, ears on the cheers. But what happens, Kent, if that prize is not the prize you really wanted in the end? Well, losing is also a mistake. You learn from it if you don't get the prize, right? Do you agree? I, I, it's agreeable. It's agreeable. <laughs> I believe that losing and failing is, is, is a step, you know? It's a learning process. But in order for you to make use of it, you just need to accept it. Move on and move forward. And then assess yourself. That's what makes you better. Because if you assess yourself and you'll be able to know what's the mistake that you've committed because you lost... The next time you do something the same, therefore you can fix that mistake. Like self-analysis is probably the core of self-improvement. Yeah, you know? of course. It always starts in you. And in order for you to influence other people, you have to change yourself. How if, beautiful is yeah. that? No one can move your weight. Can put, They can position your foot, but they cannot move your weight. That's for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. So I want to I wanna get right back into your mind for a moment because <laughs> I want to actually give you the chance to... Pitch your own project. So right now, I really want to uh, get you ready because this mm -hmm. is going to be a wild minute. So we're going to have one minute. Okay. And this one minute, it's all for you to pitch your project, any kind of project that is even going to happen or it's your dream project. Mm -hmm. You have one minute to just let it all out. Okay. Starting now. Well, I started uh, doing some research and what actually 
Like, what story do I really want to tell? And then one time, this viral video came out and it finally got the rights of it. So I'm pitching a story called The Offside Rule and it centers around Cole, a female-to-male transgender soccer coach who is reluctantly being interviewed by a tactless local news station about his recent fame in a viral video that shows him coming out to students he coaches. But it's amazing how he tackled about being true to yourself and your identity, not only as a person, but in the field of sports. So this is something that I would want to cover in a feature documentary in a length of 40 to 60 minutes. It's very short for a feature, but it's going to make a difference. And it's going to be amazing, and, and it's going to count. I, I, I can feel you feel it, and you ended up five seconds earlier. Yeah. Here we go, and the clock is over. Here we go again, Kent. Yeah. Now, we're about to do something Else, that is also very interesting. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard about Proust. So Proust, um, uh, incredible novelist, uh, really um, adjectively driven storyteller. Now, what's happening is he wrote 35 questions down, mm-hmm. believing that answering those 35 questions will be, uh, we will be able to really identify someone's being, someone's identity. You know? Okay. Now, we're going to go through five of these ones. Okay. If you're ready to give it a splash. Are you ready to give okay. it a splash? Do I have a, do I have a time limit? <laughs> There's no time limit, but let, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Okay, let's do this. Okay. So, first question. Where would you most like to live? Vancouver. 100%? 100%. That was quick. I like that. All right. And, and now, on what occasion do you lie? My birthday. <laughs> nice. It's all either right. you get drunk or you get enough rest. Not bad at all. Not bad yeah. at all. Now, are you ready? Third question coming. Yeah, along. let's do it. What is your greatest fear? My greatest fear, probably. <laughs> my greatest fear is my mom's belt. Wow. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> putting it down that way? Okay. <laughs> putting it that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want to moonwalk to the next question? Sure. All right. What is that you most dislike? I don't like losing, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's really... So what, what is victory to you? Victory to me is finding out something and it just makes you happy. So it goes back to happiness. Yes. So as long as you see or you hear news or such information or people around you and it makes you smile that's victory so we're gonna go to the fifth question of the Proust questionnaire that actually goes like what is your idea of perfect happiness my idea of perfect happiness is to see other people happy Woo! like it might sound so cheesy why not eh? why not <laughs> give me that cheese why it not it might sound so cheesy but <laughs> The perfect definition of of happiness to me is seeing the people around me happy. It's almost like a like a like a drug, really, huh? It's uh, you know, <laughs> happiness. Smiles lead yeah. to smiles, you know. And if you're happy, like if you see other people happy and you're happy, that's the mutual understanding right there, you know. And that means everyone's happy, unless someone's lonely and you made that person happy. Then that's another story. <laughs> and there is a saying, uh, it actually comes out from uh, the movie Into the Wild. Real mm-hmm. happiness is only shared. Yes, I believe with that statement as well. 
It's almost like it's very contagious, eh? Mm -hmm. And we are we are all our water, you know, in yeah. the end. And if you put dirt in water, that dirt is gonna go all over the place. And same thing is with mm -hmm. happiness. You know, yeah. it's contagious. How important is for you listening right now to just give a smile, you know, and let everything out, even if it's just a little, a little bit of a congratulations or mm -hmm. like, oh, you look so beautiful. Oh, what a nice, uh, mm -hmm. what a beautiful words you said earlier, or whatever that can make and give people that smile. Why not do it? Don't ask yourself why do it. Ask yourself why not do it. Because mm -hmm. life is like a mirror, and what you see in the mirror, that's your life, ladies and gentlemen. That's your life right there. Oh, yes. Kent, yeah. I want to ask you, how can people reach you? Well, first of all, I just want to plug. I have a company called Emer Films. It's a French word, but some English speakers would say Amer. So that's A-I-M-E-R. So that's my company, Amer Films or Emer Films. And you can reach me through our e through my email. That's emerfilms at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-R-F-I-L-M-S at gmail.com. And you can also follow me in Instagram at kentongines, K-E-N-T-D-O-N-G-U-I-N-E-S. And my Twitter account, same thing. And my Facebook page, of course, for my company. That's www.facebook.com slash Emer Films. Awesome. Yeah. You know what we're going to do? We're going to splash all of that information in the uh, in the comments below. So yeah. we're going to put a little description. We all keep these uh, pieces of information. We all have podcasts mm -hmm. on SoundCloud. You can find us on Room Tone, the radio show, or even on Facebook. We put the links to SoundCloud and the podcasts over there. And what we do, basically, you can find all the episodes there. This is take two. This is the second take. If you want to come on air, if you are a filmmaker, a director, producer, actor, composer, writer, cinematographer, production designer, Oh, I could go on forever. If you want to come on in and talk and spread your love for the craft through the microphone, <laughs> just uh, send us an email at listen to roomtone at gmail.com. We're going to put that in the description as well. Now, for the final part of this episode, before we wrap it up, um, I feel it's really time to start to really uh, embrace and, and, you know, appreciate the beauty of such a community, you know? We, yeah. We're all coming together to tell stories. It goes back to education. Mm -hmm. What's your message to the community out there? Well, always don't lose hope. If you think that you're done with life at a very young age, then there's hope for you. You, you just have to find that sun that shines in front of your face and be like, I can actually do something even more and just don't give up. Because later in the day, you'll realize, what if I did this? What if I did that? And if you do it, just do it. Because we go back to rational thinking and your gut feeling. Because if you feel that you're taking a step to make you a better person, then that means you're up to something. But if you stop and you lose hope, it was just your call. Wow, thank you so much for that, Ken. So to wrap up the second episode of Room Tone, I just wish everybody a beautiful day. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Uh, my voice is going to be here on UBC. Uh, until then, people, I just really want to spread some love and passion for the listeners out there. Till then, take it easy. No, it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow Seems to me, girl, you know I've done all I can You see a big stone and a bottle Yeah
Oh 